イエーイ !It's the five tool podcast! That's right, it's the five tool podcast. We're back, coming at you on a Wednesday. Feeling good, feeling funky, fresh and fine. Black Josh, you good? I'm good. Killer Kyle, you good? Yes, I am good. Yeah, you are. Seamus, you good? I am stellar. And we have our special guest on today. We've been waiting for a couple weeks to get him on. He's a big guest, one of our biggest guests thus far. We got Ryan Horvat on from 105.7 FM, The Fan. Ryan, say hi to the people. Hello, everybody. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We're very excited to have you. And like I, like I mentioned, you are uh, on 105.7 FM, The Fan. You can produce the Chuck and Winkler Show, and you also do your own show at 5 a.m. every day. Tell, us, tell the folks a little bit about uh, the work you do with 105.7. Yeah, so I started there a couple years back. Um, well, actually, well, I could get into all that a little bit later on. But when I started, I just started as a producer, and uh, I'd fill in. On, well, I started doing like updates as an update anchor because that's usually how you start cutting podcasts, like boring stuff like that. And I worked on all the, the Brewers post game shows with uh, Tim Allen for half of a season, and I was kind of just bouncing around show to show. And then they had an opening in the morning, so I started producing for Chuck and Winkler. And uh, then I became like the fill-in guy, so anytime anybody gets sick or takes vacation, I get to fill in, which then kind of sucks because you do that, and then you go back to producing, and you're like, man, I really like hosting <laughs> and uh, not running and getting coffee. I'm kidding. I don't really have to do that anymore, luckily. But so then, uh, you know, they were like, hey, why would you like to do a show from five to six? You know, um, we'd like to, like most people's commute, a lot of people don't just work regular nine-to-five jobs. You know, there's people that are, and I was like, you know, I want to do it, but are people actually awake at 5 a.m.? And uh, there are a lot of people awake at 5 a.m., and you don't realize that. I mean, you know, I'm still pretty young, so it was like a couple years ago when I was getting out of college. So I was getting home at 3 a.m., now I'm waking up at 3 a.m. That's like the toughest part of the transition. But you realize, you know, there's actually people on the road and stuff. Um, except for on the holidays, then I feel like I'm in the movie like 28 days later when the dude wakes up and there's like nobody on the planet. <laughs> I'm like, who am I even talking to? But, yeah, that's pretty much what I do, man, is I just uh, host the show from 5 to 6. The guys stroll in at like 5.55 a.m., and then uh, they go from there, and um, I do the updates and book the guests, uh, come up with some of the topics. If you've heard any of the bad ones, none of those were mine. All of the course. good ones are usually mine. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> That's awesome. So so you've been with uh, the fans since about 2018, it looks like, and um, hey, actually, I just want to throw this at you. Did you know that you play for, you play for the first place Nottingham Panthers of the EIHL Elite Ice Hockey League? You know, when I was actually single, uh, before I met my wife, I actually tried that. Yeah, there's a guy named Ryan Horvath. And what's crazy is, like, I'd be pissed if I was him because um, I actually have a Twitter handle with, like, no underscore or anything like that. So imagine this guy, like, trying to sign on to Twitter and seeing some bum that he's never heard of as he's a hockey player. Yeah, I no, I, uh, I found that out a couple of years ago when I Googled my own name to see. I was like, I did a podcast, and I was like, Hey, I wonder if this is on search engines, and I googled my own name, and no, just saw that this guy had like three goals and two assists in a game. So I actually did know that, yeah. Yeah, I, I was looking you up, and that, and 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 luckily you came up first <laughs> when I was searching you on Google. He was second, so oh, you, nice. you'll be happy to know that you're you're getting nice. you're getting pretty popular. So you said you do you produce your own show then, or you or do you have a producer for your show then? So that's the toughest part of what I do at the five in the five a.m. hour is I actually do not have a producer um some guys a lot of the shows have interns and we haven't had a morning intern since i've taken over actually in the last year 
Um, and so, no, I, if, like, what I do is I'll have, like, cuts of audio ready. So if you notice, like, if you listen to the show and I'm playing a cut of audio, I'll be like, yeah, oh, Giannis had 24 points, and here's what he had to say after the game, and I'll play a long cut because I actually have to screen my own phone calls because I don't like to, like, blindly just let people come on air. Because right. I've had people drop F-bombs and stuff. And then I have to drop it, uh, which is or dump it, I should say, and make sure that doesn't get on air or else the station gets fine. So that's the toughest part, man, is I have to cut up my own sound and I'm coming up with my own topics and, you know, and talking to yourself at 5 a.m. is kind of a challenge because sometimes it's hard to wake up. So I've been drinking a lot of coffee lately. Yeah, I imagine. And plus, you got to do all the show prep for the other guys as well, right? Well, that's the thing, right? So, and last week, Chuck was actually off a couple days. So whichever guy is off, I'm their main fill-in. So those days, I'll have to do my hour show and then host for the other four hours, which, I mean, I'm not complaining. I love it. But five hours of straight radio... And now we have a commercial-free hour in the 9 a.m. hour. Um, it's something that our bosses came up with. And so it's just you're just talking nonstop. And then you worry, like, oh, man, I hope I didn't say anything stupid. And you have to go back and, like, listen to yourself. Because before I was on the air, I was always like, man, these like I'd listen to Sports Talk Radio my whole life or podcasts. And I'd be like, these guys are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. And then when I did my first solo show in Iowa, it was two hours long, and it was like the same situation. I was talking to myself, and I was like, oh, man, this is actually kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. I mean, I'm happy I got the three guys that help that help us out with the show here, and I got, there's no way I could talk for, for an hour straight without making myself sound like an idiot. So, I mean, I right, you, you need somebody to, like, joke with or to laugh at your jokes or just to mess around with. When you're talking to yourself, it's like, oh, man. And then you're like, is anybody even listening? So the phone calls are nice. Uh, sometimes, sometimes the phone calls. I mean, if you guys listen to Sports Talk Radio, you know some of them are ridiculous. Yeah, I think most of the – in the Sports Talk Radio, I listen to most of the callers are ridiculous and they're just opinion-based people with no – factual basis to anything they're saying they're just passionate people but that that's kind of fun too you get the different personalities of the community around you know oh yeah um so you got your start you said you were working in iowa and you also did some time in chicago covering chicago sports um what was that like that was pretty cool i did that as um i did that as an intern actually uh and i got a pretty solid gig i was trying to work at 670 to score um because I was just looking at all the stations. And I actually contacted Chuck, and I was living in Illinois at the time, and he was like, um, you know, I was like, I'm a big Packer fan, you know, because I was like 18 years old when I was trying to intern there uh, way back in the day, and it just never worked out. They didn't want me driving two hours back and forth. So I was in Chicago, and um, I wanted to work at the score or intern there, and they didn't have any openings for me. I forgot what happened to their internship program, but it got cut for a while. And so I... Um, ended up like going online and just I needed an internship for school and I saw that there was this one with SRN broadcasting and it was kind of odd because I talked to this guy and he's like hey how would you like to cover uh, the Chicago Bulls media day and this the Bulls were actually good I mean uh, it was the year after Derrick Rose won MVP before he tore his ACL um, you know they had Joakim Noah Luol Dang Tibbs was the coach so they were a good team he's like how would you like to cover media day and he's and I was like yeah absolutely you know and he's like, okay, meet me at my house in Lake Bluff, Illinois, which is like two hours away from where I was. He's like, and bring a recorder. So I made my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, uh, drive with me because I'm like, this guy wants me to meet in his basement. I've never heard of him. I think he's probably going to try to kill me or something weird like that. <laughs> but it ended up being legit, man. And then I ended up covering the Bulls like for an entire season. I mean, all home games. Uh, I got to cover uh, March Madness um, in Des Moines. And so then I just started making all these tapes and – the hardest part about it is when you get out of school, you're like, okay, now I want to host my own show. I want to be the next Dan Patrick or 
you know, at least I want to take off with the podcast because, you know, I'm really into Barstool. Um, I mean, they're blowing up now, not so much when I was in school. Like, podcasts weren't as big, so pretty much had to get a job in radio. And I ended up just making all these tapes, and I was sending them to, like, everywhere that I wanted to work, like Los Angeles and Las Vegas at, like, the biggest stations in the world. And everybody's like, yeah, man, you're, like, <laughs> you're a kid. And so I ended up getting a job in Small Market, Iowa, uh, Crested, Iowa, the station, KSIB, which I think is like 101.3 on the dial. And I did play-by-play for basketball, football, baseball, and I hosted my own show. So I pretty much did it all there. Then the, like, the first thing in the interview, they're like, hey, are you a big wrestling fan? And I was like, oh, yeah, like WWE. And they're like, no, like, like college and high school wrestling. <laughs> and I was like... Not really. They're like, you know any of the moves? And I was like, yeah, the stutter, the rock bottom, the pile driver. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 real wrestling moves. Because they, they freaking love wrestling in Iowa, man. Like, And I'm a big into hoops. And so it was weird like going from Chicago to go to Iowa when like nobody cares about basketball. I mean, kind of, but not really. Like They care about wrestling. And so that was kind of odd. Did that for a couple years and then finally got a job in Milwaukee, thank God. Because I love the Packers, so my dream job has always just been to cover the Packers and complain about them every single day wow so yeah that was kind of going to be my next question is like you since you've worked in these three different markets where your sports loyalties lie so you say you're a packers fan what about for basketball does that make you a bulls fan or are you bucks fan what do you got there no i'm a bucks fan i just really loved that bulls team because i love derrick rose a lot of people it was weird because people were always like would knock him in interviews like oh man derrick seems like he's not very intelligent i always really liked him i thought joe kim noah was like my favorite athlete that i ever met he was a really weird guy but i liked him and then uh the coach tom thibodeau was just like such a hard ass he almost had to like the guy because you know like guys would ask him stupid questions and he would just lay into him and i thought that was pretty funny you know i'm a wisconsin sports fan so half of my family growing up uh is from the wisconsin area um like my uncle is from ripon and he was uh the AD over there, and he coached basketball forever, and he coached baseball. My cousin played basketball there, so then half of my family was from Illinois, and that's my dad owned a video store there, so I lived with my dad, but I'd spend, you know, I'd going back and forth all the time, and uh, spending a lot of time in Wisconsin, so I've always been a big Wisconsin fan. It took a lot of crap growing up because I was surrounded by Bears fans, and I'd wear my hard jersey, and uh, yeah, I remember one time I brought like my mini Packers football to school, and we'd always try to like throw footballs over the fence so people couldn't get them back. And somebody tried to do that, and I was just so pissed because I was one. It was like me against like a whole you know school of thousands. And uh, yeah, I stuck with my team, and now I finally get to talk about them and don't have to take any crap for it. Luckily. Well, that's awesome that you, 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 I mean, you sent, you, like you said, you sent those tapes to LA and all over the place and all these bigger yeah. markets and you ended up, you know, kind of where you belong and was got doing sports for Wisconsin. So that's kind of like a dream job for you, you'd say, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. There was a couple times where I was just thinking like, man, is this going to be for me and should I quit? Should I find something else? Because what happens is, you know, like life happens too. And so, um, you know, I was, I was about to have a baby and I was like, okay, I got to get a real job here and like pay bills. And so when I'm trying to like send my stuff to the biggest stations, like I said, on the planet with no experience. And the other thing, it's really hard to get a job. Like I got lucky that they actually allowed me to talk sports in Milwaukee since technically I was born in Illinois because like to talk sports in New York, all those guys are from New York. Most of the guys in LA are from LA. Well, LA is kind of weird because as you guys know, like LA, they don't really even have they don't really cheer for teams there. They don't care. There's yeah. too much to do in LA. But so that's like the toughest part is usually moving out of your market. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like you've kind of got a nice fit here and 
one day you'll be running the Chuck and Winkler show when, when those guys die out because they're old and fogies. <laughs> yeah, Chuck's really old. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, I noticed on, it appears that you lost a certain bet on the NFC Championship game. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I was really confident that the Packers were going to the Super Bowl this year. I go to Vegas. Well, I used to go twice a year. Now uh, I have a six-year-old, so that's changed to once a year. So I, every year, no matter what, I bet 100 bucks on the Packers to win the Super Bowl. This year, I legit thought that they uh, had a shot. Like, I predicted them to go 12-4, and four, and they went 13-3, which was nice. But everybody at the station was saying 8-8, eight 7-9. And, eight, and, and I was, I said, man, you got Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback. Like, you don't have time to go 8-8 eight and, eight and do this rebuild because you only have his window. And, I mean, I know a lot of people are down on Rodgers right now. So, depending what your thoughts are on him, his window is probably like three to four years, maybe. And so you don't really have time to rebuild. Um, so I was all in on the Packers this year. I actually, I watch, I mean, I got the Sunday ticket and I do the game. That, so I watch every game and I do the like condensed versions of the game where I watch 45 minutes and I try to watch every one each week. So then when we preview games or talk about teams, plus I'm a degenerate gambler. So I like to know like literally everything about every game. So I was a big fan of Darius Smith. And I actually thought I liked Preston better um, when they signed him. And then uh, I liked Adrian Amos a lot actually in Chicago. So I thought I just knew that they were going to be good. Um, but I figured when they got smoked in San Francisco, I actually kind of believed in the, uh, didn't want to show them the whole playbook thing from LaFleur. And I figured, you know, eventually Aaron Rodgers would win back home in San Francisco and win that big game and get back to the Super Bowl. So I had a lot of faith. And man, that was uh, brutal to watch because, I mean, we all knew that game was over in the second quarter. Hell, we knew that game was over when they punted on fourth and one. I was like, oh, that's it. As bad as it sounds, I was like, that's the game right there. Like, you got to be aggressive when you're playing on the road against a team like San Francisco. And just the way that they lost, man, like no adjustments. Just <laughs> San Francisco just pounds the rock. I've never really seen anything like it. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to do anything. Like Any of us could have quarterbacked San Francisco to that win. And so I had to uh, shave my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was kind of dumb, you know, typical radio thing. I said it one morning. I think I was, like, still hungover from the night before from watching the game, and I was like, I'm so confident that I'll shave my head. And then um, I figured nobody was actually going to remember that. And as soon as I said it, my boss texted, like, a group chain text, and he was like, oh, Horvath just said that he'll shave his head if the Packers don't win the Super Bowl. And so he was like, get a video crew together. And then it turned into this whole thing where, so then they lose that game, and you're just so pissed already because they got blown out. I was like, man, the next day, I just want to get this over with, shave my head, wear a hat for like two weeks, and just go on with life. And they like kept dragging it out. Like, no, we wanted you to do it in the studio. We want to get somebody to come in and do it on tape. So by that time, like you're waiting like two weeks. I'm like, just get this over with because, you know, it takes – I usually try to get over a Packers loss like in like two weeks. So by the time I shaved my head, I was like pretty much over the fact that they lost in the NFC Championship game. I was like more excited for the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it, yeah, it hurts enough that they lose, and then you got to wait and bide your time before they let like you shave your head. Right. <laughs> yeah, so how's the hair growing back now? Looking good? You know what? It's like starting to grow back, but now what sucks is it's uh, like growing on the top, but my sides are like bushing out. So now what I'm going to have to do is either shave the sides. My, well, I'm going to have to go pay for a haircut pretty much just to get like the sides like fixed up a little bit. So it's going to be a whole process now just to get my regular hair back. Yeah, I went. My through... hair is weird, man. I got like a, I got like an afro right now. It looks brutal. <laughs> yeah, I went through the same thing. I had a mohawk for 15 years and recently cut it off, and I had the same thing where the sides were going out bushy, and I just looked like shit. But yeah, but I got a face for radio, and I'm sure you do too. <laughs> yeah, I just wear. I mean, I get to wear a hat every day. Like, what sucks is, so I roll out of bed. 
sweatpants, that's, like, not a joke. I talk about sweatpants all the time and how I, like, I mean, I used to dress up all the time because in Iowa I was a sports director, too, so I had meetings and stuff. I roll out of bed, I'll put on some, like, Nike sweats and a hoodie and a hat, and then all the corporate people, like, because then I'm, like, but I get off the air, like, I'm like a vampire, man, because I go into work at 3 a.m., it's dark, it's pitch dark. Then when your show's over, like, the sun is really shining in and it's 10 a.m., and I'm trying to sneak out of the building after I do my work. And all the suits and the corporate people are walking in. And then here I am, man, with, like, a coffee stain on my sweatpants. Like, I haven't showered. I look like cow. Um, <laughs> luckily, I work with Bart, so it's, like, I'm, I don't look like the biggest bum because he's – I always joke that he looks like a South Park character because for some reason, even in the summer, he wears winter hats, like, into work. And he never takes – so luckily I have him, uh, you know, to kind of, like, disguise me. But – it's it's a weird lifestyle getting up at three a.m. and being done with work at eleven. Yeah, it's kind of got to be kind of nice getting done, but yeah, that that sleep schedule. Yeah, it's be just like your nightlife sucks. Like like right like tonight, I want to watch West Coast Soup. I want to watch Zion, and I mean, I can, but then I pay for it the next morning, and that's the problem, man. Is I stay up for every game, and my wife's like, you know, you don't need to watch this. You're not even allowed to talk about West Coast hoops, and I'm like, I don't care. I need to watch it, so I know. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you got quite the lifestyle, but hey, you're killing it over there, 105.7 FM. I want to move on. Let's talk a little bit Wisconsin sports. So I guess the biggest news topic of the moment is probably the biggest news in Brewers history since the last time, since they, they've traded for Christian Yelich. So Christian Yelich and the Brewers are nearing an extension. It sounds like the deal is going to get completed on Friday. So the extension is expected to run nine years worth $215 million. It'll run through 2028 with the mutual option for 2029. So he's guaranteed $12.5 million for 2020, $14 million for 2021, and over the next seven years following that, $190 million. So what does this mean? I'm going to start with you, Ryan, and we're going to kind of go around the table. That's typically how we do it here. So cool. what, what does this mean for the Brewers, and what does this mean for, for Christian Yelich and the Brewers going forward? I think it's, I mean, it's a great deal for, for both teams because – I was joking on the show saying, well, Yelich isn't going to take a hometown discount because if he's going to take a hometown discount, why not take one like back home in California? And I mean, pretty much the seven years is what you're looking at for what, 190, 195 million. That is a steal for arguably the best player in all of baseball. Like I was doing the math and I was looking through like endorsements and just through what, when it's all said and done, I mean, there's going to be guys, for example, Mookie Betts is going to be making $200 million more than Christian Yelich. And Mookie Betts is a really good player, but I don't know that he's $200 million better than Christian Yelich. When you look at it, man, like, it works out great because if Yelich goes on the open market, do you think the Brewers really have a chance to bring him back without overpaying, like, Bryce Harper-type money? Because I don't think so. I mean, the last big free agent that they signed was Ryan Braun. It was extending Ryan Braun. I mean, you could say Moustakis and uh, Yaz on those one-year deals, but something big like this and for christian yelich i think it's big because if you've noticed like the trend nobody wants to hit free agency after turning 30 years old in major league baseball like we saw that two years ago when all those guys were still on the market and the season was about to start in like two weeks and guys like jake arietta who was dominant was a cy young winner was still on the market because once guys get close to the 30 years nobody wants to touch him anymore because the back end of those contracts usually don't end up uh, going so well like look at albert Pujols right now and look at some of the team, like like Bobby Bonilla, still making money. I know that that's like a played out joke. But the back end of those contracts usually could be really bad. But I still see Christian Yelich at 33, 34 years old being just as dominant as he is right now because that guy takes care of his body. I mean, last year I was lucky enough to get to cover the team, so I was in the clubhouse, and he takes it serious. I mean, 
he recovers, he works out his body, and uh, he just continues to get better. Like, I thought he was going to regress a little bit last year, and he didn't, so why should he in the next year or two, you know? Yeah, I picture Christian Yelich as a guy who, who's all baseball. He doesn't, he doesn't drink, he doesn't go out, he doesn't have fun. Baseball is his life, like, through and through, in and out, and I think you kind of alluded to that in seeing him in the clubhouse. He's... He's pro- he's he's destined to be the face of baseball. I mean, that's that's kind of the angle he's yeah. kind of trying to take. He's trying to be that guy because baseball doesn't have that. You know, Mike Trout doesn't care. He doesn't. He just wants to play. I mean, he did it. He kind of said that in the. Hey, Seamus, could you could you mute yourself, bud? Seamus. <laughs> yeah. Can you mute yourself when you're backing up the truck? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, where'd the call go? <laughs> All right, so yeah, so like, so Mike Trout, he he did that that ad campaign for the Brewers, like, like just let the kids play. It seems like he doesn't want to be that that face of baseball, the way Christian Yelich has has even said in interviews with the New York Times right. that that he wants to be that guy. So I'm gonna take it over to you, Kyle. What do you think this means for the Brewers and Christian Yelich moving forward, and what does this say about the team? And you know, a lot of people thought that what are they doing in the offseason? They're not spending any money. They're not going after any talent. What does this mean for the Brewers going forward? Well, um, this was their, this should have been their number one objective of the 2020 offseason is figure out what you're going to do with Christian Yelich. And they figured it out. It just took a little longer than, you know, a lot of us fans would have liked. But, you know, I think this really justifies every past move you know, the, this offseason, and, you know, this is why the Brewers weren't big spenders, you know, because they were trying to figure out how to make it work where they can keep Christian Yelich. They made it clear he is the face of the organization. I couldn't agree more. He's definitely the guy you want um, as the face. Um, and, you know, now they can go out and, like I was saying before, they can kind of play with house money this year. I don't think... You know, I'm not expecting this team to win a World Series. I'm not even necessarily expecting them to make the postseason, but they could. And they still have, I think, pieces that could be a division-winning team. You know, the the real objective or the, the real focus now will move into next offseason. And I would think they would like to figure out what other pieces they can build around him for real, at least moving forward. So yeah, I, cool. Yeah, I think you made a good point. Like they're playing with house money this year. It, it, it doesn't appear that they're going to win the division title this year. If they do, I'll, I'll, I mean, even better. But now, now they have a, a starting point. Now they, we don't have to worry about that Yelich deal. We got him for a steal, like like Ryan alluded to. I mean, Mookie Betts is expected to make two hundred million dollars more than Christian Yelich. He took a pay cut to stay in Milwaukee. He wants to be here. That that's so thrilling that we have Aaron Rodgers, we have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who seemingly wants to stay here. We're waiting for that contract here too. But Christian Yelich wants to be here, and he was willing to, to take a sacrifice to stay in Milwaukee. Black Josh, I want to get your thoughts on the Christian Yelich deal. What do you got? Love it. Just fucking love it. I, I wish it wouldn't have took so long. It did, but I don't care because it's, well, it ain't done, but it's done. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think, yeah. I'm, if, I'm all for it. If, if it wouldn't, if it would have happened earlier, that would have been nice. But, I mean, they got it, they got it done and out of the way. 
and now now we have free range, and now we know we're here to stay. At least, at least there's a reason to go to the ballpark for the next nine years. You know, it's not, it's no no more rebuilds in the in the horizon, and there's a reason to go to the ballpark, whether or not we're winning. You you still got one of the best players in all of baseball here, and he took a pay cut to stay here. And I hope that this shuts up all these people who are hating on Stearns all fucking off season. Yeah, Seamus, I know you wanted to talk about that if you're there. Um, you mentioned the people who were, you know, were, they weren't trusting Stearns throughout this entire offseason. They said, what are you doing? Mark Adonacio said we, t- we, we were operating at a loss last year. What do you think of the, the Yelich deal yourself? I think it's fantastic. Um, like I, and, and I did say that. I, I'm on a lot of Brewers fan pages on Facebook and, you know, looking at every time the Brewers – hit the news with this signing or that signing, even even with the Brock Holt signing, it was what the hell are Stearns and not Nazio doing? It's like we, we let all these good guys go and we're, we're replacing them with crap and I didn't think any of the moves were crap moves, you know, and to kind of use my phrase that apparently, you know, that Kyle has coined being mine, none of them were really sexy moves, but um, it's it's plain to see now because a deal like this, it didn't just happen. This is something that I guarantee Yelich's people and the Brewers have been working on for quite a while now, and they were working on it throughout the off season to make sure that everybody was happy on both sides. And now this proves why. Stearns and Atanasio did what they did all winter long while people were bitching about ownership, bitching about the front office. Now with this move, which was going on behind the scenes during all the other moves, but this move now everybody is, oh, we love David Stearns and we love the Brewers and we love Atanasio. It's like, I though that it's it's shit like that. I'm going to be honest. I love this move, but it's shit like that that irritates me about some fan bases, and the Brewers have become one of them. We're yeah, we're kind of becoming that spoiled fan base after two years of success, which is kind of funny because my entire life, I was born in 1989. We didn't make the postseason till '08. I I, I mean we're. we're We've always had that small market mindset, like we can't compete, and now it's like we're getting a little spoiled. But hey, I I mean. Our window's here, and now, now because of this move, the window's open wider than it was before. I want to get Ryan. Ryan, your thoughts on, on Andonacio? A couple weeks ago, he he said that the Brewers operated at a loss and that we're losing money. What, what do you think about that? Do you believe it? I know teams don't always offer their. I mean, they they never offer their entire financial mark, um, their 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 entire financials. What do you think of that? That we were operating at a loss, or was that just a cover while they were getting this deal done? No, you know, I don't even think it was a cover. I mean, that's what I was talking about with the guys. Why, why, why would he lie about something like that? And, you know, I thought you guys all made really good points, and I actually completely agree. Some of the moves I thought were kind of baffling, but I kept saying the same thing. Like, I don't love this move, but at the same time, I'm not going to rip Stearns because nobody I know knows more about the game than this guy. Like, And that's kind of like how baseball is shifting. I mean, there's a reason the Red Sox didn't pay Mookie Betts. Like, yeah, I wanted Moustakis to stay, but that deal is ridiculous, and I really like Moose. I think he's a great guy to have in the clubhouse. Um, I mean, great year last year, 
But the thing is, is you're going to be overpaying him. Like, I'm fine paying overpaying Christian Yelich, not that you're overpaying him, but I'm fine paying Christian Yelich in his mid-30s, but I really don't want to pay Mike Moustakis in his mid-30s. Now, again, if they brought him back, I'd be really happy. Same with uh, Grandall. But I think that, I mean, that deal that the White Sox gave him, are you really going to match that? And, you know, that's what Mark said. He's, there was, he's never told Stearns no when it comes to a player acquisition, and I thought that that was saying a lot. And he talked about he would have preferred uh, to keep Grand off, but they weren't able to make it work. So, yeah, I believe pretty much everything that, that comes out of those guys' mouths, to be honest with you. I mean, I think that they throw – I think any owner or any GM in any sport is going to throw a little bit of crap out there to see what sticks, and just because that's how the business works. I mean, that's how you change the market. But, right, exactly. I think that they knew – in their head the whole time, they were going to have to do whatever it took to bring back Christian Yelich. They were probably expecting to pay a lot more. I think they probably explained to him that, and I thought you guys made a great point, saying that this season you kind of play with house money because I'm torn. I could see the Brewers finishing uh, third in the division, but I could also see them winning the Central because the Cardinals kind of caught everybody by surprise last year. In the second half of the year, they just got really hot with Goldschmidt. The Cubs are kind of a bit of a disaster. Like, what changes have they really Except for Joe Madden's gone and David Ross, who's never managed a major league baseball game, takes over. Like their rotation's only getting older. John Lester, I don't really know what he has left. So who's to say the Brewers can't win the division? I actually know way too much about Josh Limbaugh because I watch, uh, I wager on some overseas baseball every <laughs> once awesome. in a while, and I, I think he's going to be fantastic. So I like that point. Like you're kind of playing with house money. Maybe you win the division, maybe you don't. But what's important is next offseason and the offseason after that. And because you're going to get Ryan Braun off the books soon enough, and because you signed Christian Yelich to a friendly deal like that, probably, you know, the face of baseball, like you guys said, a superstar, you're going to be able to build around him. Maybe you'll be able to get that stud pitcher. You know, you probably will never get a Garrett Cole, but you could get some serviceable guys. And maybe these deals end up working out. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the season. A couple months ago, you know, I was never in the, I don't trust Stearns camp or ragging on these guys. Cause like I said, they know more about baseball than I do. I don't like to judge them. Um, but I mean, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because like I said, man, I could see them finishing third. I could see them winning the division. I just know one thing. They're not finishing dead last because the Pirates are an absolute disaster. Yeah, the Pirates are an absolute dumpster fire, and it doesn't seem like their ownership gives a shit about that team. No, they're horseshit. Like, and I don't even understand. I would never go to a game. I, I just, like Nothing's ever going to change there either. But yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful ballpark, though. It is a beautiful freaking – I know. I would like to just go and just have some drinks. I mean, they were in the wild card game a couple years ago, I guess, so we could give them a little bit of credit. But, yeah, fuck Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're still waving that flag that they were in the wild card a couple of years ago. That's that's all they got. No shit. <laughs> yeah, we got a nice stadium. We were in the wild card like in 2015 or something. So big deal. For the t-shirts. Yeah, for the t-shirts. Um, yeah. So I yeah, Christian Yelich could have easily gone for 300 million. I'm I'm so happy he stayed. I've been smiling ear to ear ever since I heard the news yesterday. Freaking awesome. I want to move on to the talk about the Bucks. So the Bucks playing the Pacers tonight, obviously. And I want to I want to talk about a couple of things. They got beat up in that loss to the Heat. Yeah, on Monday night, Giannis was held to 13 points. Bam Adebayo held Giannis to one of 10 shooting when when they were matched up against each other. Are, and now that's the second time we've lost to the Miami Heat. Are the are the Miami Heat the Bucks' kryptonite? I want to ask you, Horvat. Uh, you know, the first loss didn't really bother. Well, I mean, it did bother me because the Bucks were up 20 points in that game and then just fell apart. But I was just like, yeah, whatever. It's one loss. This is a team that's uh, on pace to win 70 games. And this one didn't really bother me a whole lot either because it was the second game of a back-to-back. Um, I mean, it's kind of weird to see the Bucks go two straight games without scoring 100 points after we joked about that 81-game streak or whatever it ended up being. 
Uh, what concerns me, so the Heat don't concern me whatsoever. I think we had Eric Neyman. I thought he said it best. Like, the Heat could steal a game or two from the Bucks, especially the way that they – I really like Eric Spolstra as a head coach. And the way that they defend Giannis, they just throw everything at him. They play physical with him. The thing is, is if you play them in the second round, guys are going to have to hit shots because they do know how to defend Giannis. Middleton off the dribble. Middleton, he's going to have to dope shots. He's going to have to create his own shots. But other guys are going to have to step up and knock down shots. What concerns me a little bit, and nothing really concerns me with the Bucs. Like, I think they're going to the finals. The one thing that would concern me would be playing the Lakers because if you watch the fourth quarter of a game that LeBron James is playing in, the way it's officiated, he gets every single call. But what does concern me a little bit is I like Eric Bledsoe in the regular season when the Bucks just want to run, 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 and I think that's when he's at his best. But when the game becomes half court, like the other night in that loss, four assists, four turnovers, and I thought that he just could have been a little bit more aggressive because nobody was scoring. Like, find your shot. But I worry about Eric Bledsoe as the starting point guard uh, in a playoff series, mainly because of what I saw in the Eastern Conference Finals last year when George Hill was stealing minutes. I just, when the game becomes half court, he's the only thing that really concerns me right now. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I'm not too worried about the Heat either. I mean, it's March. The last time right. the Bucks lost, I mean, the ba- last time the Bucks went under 100 points back to back was in, in March of 2018. It's that time of the year. It's kind of like the dog days, like you get in baseball. And if you're not, if you're not worried about that seventy-some win season anymore, then that that kind of takes some pressure off. And you just you just go day to day, and you you win the games you can. And we all know the Bucks are making the playoffs. I'm not too worried. Killer Kyle, I want to get your thoughts on the Bucks, the state of the Bucks right now, and uh, how are they going to finish? They're fifty-two and nine right now. How, how is this team going to finish now that they've they're at nine losses? What? So you're wondering. Sorry, I was a little in and out there. Where are the Bucks going to finish, and what do you think of the state of the team at this point in March after losing uh, back-to-back, or going uh, under 100 back-to-back? Yeah, like I'm going to be a part of the freak-out club. But you're in that group, too, on Facebook, uh, Bucks Nation, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, every time the Bucks lose, there's at least, like, a handful of people that are, like, the season's over. Like, this Bucks team's <laughs> overrated. Like, after one loss. And it's like, they're still on track to win 70 games. And they're putting together the best team season in the history of the NBA. Like, the, the Bucks are fine. They're going to lose to good teams. Miami's a good team. You know, they're, they're um, coming out of nowhere. But they are proving that they're going to be a contender you know, one of the top four teams in the East. Um, So, yeah, they were in Miami, and they lost to a a pretty decent team. It's going to happen. I think the Bucs will be fine. I still think that they'll win 70 games. I think they'll win 70 flat, actually. And, you know, they'll be the one seed. The first couple rounds of the playoffs are going to be boring because we're going to sweep both teams, just like last year. And, you know, and then... It'll be a little more interesting when the Eastern Conference Finals come up because the Bucks need to start silencing the national media. I'm getting really sick and tired of the Stephen A. Smiths and the Colin Cowards and all these other imbeciles that <laughs> are like the Boston Celtics are the team that beat in the East, not the Milwaukee Bucks and like all this other garbage, like just straight hating on our team. But I, we, you know, the Bucks got us, they got to, they got to shut them off. We got to get to the finals this year. And I do believe they will. 
Yeah, it seems like the only time that the national media even talks about Bucks, the Bucks, is when they do lose, which has only happened nine times this year. So they're just looking. They're just looking for clicks. They just want to get people riled up. That's what Stephen A. Smith does for a living. He tries to get people riled up and take the other side. But I want to get. I want to get Ryan and you, Kyle. First, starting with you, Ryan. Who, if anyone, in the East can stop the Bucks? Mm, in the East, I don't think anybody can. I think that Miami gives them a good game a good series just because of Eric Spolstra. Like somebody, I got the weirdest tweet the other night and it was like, somebody's like, Hey, I told you the Bucks suck. They never will beat the heat because they can't stop Pat Riley. And because the heat have a bunch of Marquette players. And I was like, I mean, uh, good point. Yeah. Dwayne Wade, Jimmy Butler. Like I get, but like what? Like that's the kind of crap that I'm dealing with. So like after a loss, the freak out is definitely there. But I think Spolstra is a good coach. Um, I just I don't think Jimmy Butler will ever be the best player on a championship team. I like Jimmy Butler's game, but I just think in the fourth quarter, like, who do you want closing games? Jimmy Butler or Giannis? I'll take Giannis. So I think the Bucks would beat him in five or six. It'd be a physical series. That's the one thing they do is, like, they have no fear whatsoever. They play physical. They actually defend. They'll beat the Bucks up a little bit. Uh, the Celtics don't concern me, but I think the Celtics would be the second-best team in the Eastern Conference. I like Toronto as a team, and again, because of coaching. I think Nick Nurse is a good coach. I think that they know how to defend Giannis, same thing. But in the fourth quarter, I like Siakam, but he's not Kawhi Leonard. So in the fourth quarter, if you go back and look at the Eastern Conference Finals, like, yeah, Fred Van Vliet and these dudes are hitting jumpers, but they're hitting those jumpers because everybody's paying attention to what Kawhi Leonard's doing, and he's able to get those grown man buckets, you know, with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I like Siakam, but he's no Kawhi Leonard yet. Boston, on the other hand, has three guys that can get their own shot. Jason Tatum is a superstar uh, on both ends of the floor. I really do like his game. Uh, we keep talking about it on the show. I know some people think that he's getting overhyped right now. He's not. It's just Giannis deserves more hype. He's the MVP of the league. Uh, but Jason Tatum's playing great right now. We've got to see what Kemba Walker actually does in the playoffs. He doesn't have a whole lot of playoff experience since he was uh, stuck in Charlotte under Michael Jordan's weird drafting team. <laughs> and then, um, so I'd probably say Boston. Yeah, I like Tatum. I like Jalen Brown, even though he's kind of regressed a little bit this year. And then Gordon Hayward, I mean, you know, he's a veteran, and I could see him making some plays. So I could see that series actually going six or seven. Because if you notice, the NBA loves that game six, loves that game seven money. And so I, I could actually see Boston and Milwaukee going to seven games, Bucks winning seven. Who does concern me is out west. Um, the Clippers concern me just because I have nightmares of Kawhi Leonard. And I just, I like Lou Williams. And Paul George isn't having a great season statistically. Like I keep telling people this, Chris Middleton's actually having a better season statistically than Paul George is when we start comparing, you know, top 15 players. But, I mean, come playoff time, like, Paul George can get buckets in the fourth quarter. So the Clippers scare me, and then obviously the Lakers. Like, LeBron James, if, if the MVP goes to anybody except for Giannis this year, it should go to LeBron because at 35 years old, he's leading the league in assists. He could get a triple-double any time that he wants to. He's actually playing defense because his team's winning. Oh, and they have Anthony Davis, too. And what scares me about the Lakers is even when the Bucks you know, beat them up last time and got off to that big lead. Like, the officials really like to keep the Lakers in those games. I'm not, like, a complain about the officials or complain, you know, why isn't my team getting more national attention? But I do complain when I'm watching LeBron James get every single call and I'm watching Giannis get thrown to the ground, thrown to the ground, poked in the eye, like kicked, no call, and then LeBron, you breathe on him, and it's a flagrant one. So uh, I guess the Lakers scare me and the Clippers out west. Nobody really in the east, but if I had to pick the team, I'd say Boston. Yeah, I'm with you on that. There's really nobody in the East, I think, that can contend with the Bucks at this point. Yeah, I like the point you made about LeBron James. And at 35, 
the guy the guy is going to go down as the best in my opinion. I mean, him or Jordan, obviously, but oh, yeah. but LeBron James is just doing things at 35 that a lot of people counted him out. But I think last year he just basically sat the season out. He didn't give a shit. He was oh, getting no. his he was getting his team built. He was trying to get Anthony Davis, and he got him. And now that team is is very formidable. Kyle, I want to get your thoughts. If if anyone can beat the Bucks in the East or in the NBA, who do you think scares who scares you most in the Eastern Conference? Just in general, let's just go with all the NBA. Okay, well, if we're talking the whole NBA, I'll start in the Western Conference. The Lakers definitely scare me because they got the Kobe Bean Bryant magic going right now. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be all, like, because the Lakers are going to make the finals. It's I am so confident of that. And they're going to ride the Kobe Bryant, like, they're going to have Kobe Bryant on their back. Like, that's, then LeBron's going to say this is for Kobe. You know, and everybody's going to tear up, and I'll tear up too, and that I feel like that alone, but they're stacked as it is, and they keep picking up players to get better. Um, in the West, that's really the only team that scares me. I, I think um, Denver's always a dark horse to look out for. Even the Dallas Mavericks, I think, are going to do pretty decent. Um in the Eastern Conference, the team we just lost to, the Heat, um, are coming out of nowhere. But they have a very well-put-together team like we've been talking about. Um, and I think they have a, a good enough answer to contain Giannis in seven games. I'm not on the Boston hype because they haven't proven anything with the young core guys that they have. And Philadelphia is a mess. They can't win on the road, so they're not going to win a series. Um, Toronto is the only other team, but I think we can beat the. I look, Bucks are going to the finals, and I don't think there's any team that can stop them. Yeah, yeah, I think you're completely right. Now, one more, one more question about the Bucks. So, if we don't, if we don't win the finals this year. Is this season a loss? I mean, after having the best team season that we've seen in, in a very, very long time by any team, first in offense, first in defense, this team is just absolutely incredible. First in bench points. I mean, is, is this season a loss if we don't win the finals this year? Horvat, what do you think? Uh, man, I mean, I feel like, for me, yes. Uh, I mean, going to the finals would be awesome. I've been talking about that. Like, I'm really weird where I just like, like, a pageantry of the NBA finals. I think it would just be cool nationally televised. Like, everybody paying attention to Milwaukee. So we don't have to deal with the small market bullshit anymore. And we could show people that, like, potential free agents come play with Giannis. Like, Milwaukee's actually a really cool place to live. Like I told you guys, I've lived, like, five different cities now. This is my favorite by far. And it's uh, the most safe. The best part about my day is, like, I wake up and I know that most likely walking in my car I won't get stabbed, which is always, like, an added bonus that I didn't have in Chicago. But, like, go, like, for me, I think it's championship or bust because you look at the Eastern Conference, and the East is only going to get better next year because you're going to have Kyrie Irving who will actually want to play basketball because his buddy Kevin Durant will be back. So you look at them in Brooklyn, like, that's going to be a challenge we got to wait and see what Durant looks like coming off that injury. But, I mean, I think you all know he's one of the best scorers in NBA history. And, uh, you know, if LeBron doesn't win the finals this year, he'll just keep adding pieces. I think since we uh, started the podcast, he's probably added, like, two veteran sharpshooters to the team because <laughs> that's what he does. 
And so I think that, yeah, for me, it would be championship or bust because this, like last year, was almost like that for me almost, especially when you see Toronto win that series. That was what was so depressing, not only having the 2-0 lead in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I never root for injury, but you watch Clay Thompson go down with the torn ACL. You, Durant's not available to start the series, and then he plays, and then he's injured already. And you're like, man, this really could have been the Bucks here if they could have just got past Toronto. They could have beat the Warriors. Because, you know, at the time, everybody, nobody thought the Warriors were ever going to lose in a playoff series and with Kevin Durant. I mean, that was one of the best teams I've ever seen play. And so last year almost felt like that for me. Like, I couldn't, I don't look back at last year. I mean, it was a success. He won 60 games. Bud was coach of the year, Giannis MVP. But it was like, man, it doesn't really matter without the ring to me. And I feel like it could be the same for me this year. Like, it's got to be championship or bust because it's so hard to be this good. And you brought all the guys back. You know, you brought this entire team back, except for Malcolm Brogdon, who I would have loved to have back, but it just didn't work out. So I would argue, yeah, I think it's championship or bust for me. I, I really want to see this team win a title, and I think this is their best chance. I think you're right. This is the best chance. Kyle, I want to get your thoughts. Do they need to win the title this year? Or how do you feel if they, if they lose? What do you think? Oh, I'm going to be devastated. Because the window is now. Like, this is the year. If they're going to do it, it's got to be now. Like, they have everything in place. I mean, everything from the front office management all the way at the top, all the way to the the beer guy at Pfizer Forum. Like, everything is such a well-oiled machine. Um, one through 15 on the Bucks roster is as good as it's going to get in Milwaukee. Um, and you're in a contract year or you're coming up on a big contract situation with Giannis. Um, and if you don't win the finals, that's going to piss Giannis off. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if he will want to stay um if they don't even come close so yeah this is the time is now they have to win now it has to it has to happen right silas it has to happen <laughs> it has to happen silas is in on the bucks silas is in on the bucks yes say go bucks just nope. don't join bucks twitter please yeah no oh my gosh or bucks nation don't be those guys it's a dark don't be them. it's a dark regular season yes! i hate to say it it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah it doesn't in basketball that. in basketball the regular season doesn't matter we we know where the cream of cream of the crop is going to rise no matter what i think what the nba wants I mean, I think the NBA wants a Giannis and, and LeBron finals. I mean, they'd love to have Boston, L.A. just for the old time's sake and the historical implications, but the best two players in the NBA, I mean, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, LeBron, Giannis, the finals, it'll be magic. To me, I'd be happy to just be in the finals. I do think it's kind of champion. I think Giannis is going to resign. I really do. I think Milwaukee isn't the best place it's ever been in terms of sports. I, th- I think he wants to be here, but, I mean, only time will tell. Um, moving on, I want to I talk a little bit about NFL free agency, just because that's, that's a fun topic. We're, in, we're reaching one of the most exciting off-seasons for free agency, I think, in my entire life as an NFL fan. And I want to start with the Tom Brady. It, it sounds, I mean, we're hearing a lot of stuff about him and that he might actually go. He said in a, in a UFC Instagram live stream with Dana White saying, I don't know what the future holds. There's a lot of options out there for him. So I'm going to start with Brady, and I'm going to start with you, Seamus, actually, because I know you're you're pretty big on the Patriots. You're a big Patriots fan. I know you've said in the past you think he's staying, but what do you think? There's a lot of swirling around going about uh, him possibly going somewhere else. What do you think? 
I think the talk is just that. I think it's talk. Um, honestly, I... Now, granted, part of it is being a homer, but I just, I can't see him in another uniform. And I've said this since the talk first started, and I'm sticking with my guns on it. I see him going back and finishing in New England. Fair point, fair point. Ryan, I want to get your thoughts. What do you think of Brady? Is he going somewhere? And if so, where? I think, I don't think he should go anywhere. I think he's in his best fit. I mean, he's playing for the best head coach, best NFL head coach in NFL history. Um, I no, I don't think so either. I, I was talking about like free agency, like even with Giannis. Like everybody wants to take meetings, and I think the thing about Tom Brady is like Belichick's always just treated him like one of the guys. Like they always talk about like how in film breakdown he'll be like, I don't know how we're gonna win a Super Bowl when we got a quarterback that can't even complete a screen pass, but he just treats him like one of the guys and not like the god that Tom Brady is. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like. In free agency, maybe he wants to get courted. Maybe he wants to hear that even at his age, you know, John Gruden and the Raiders would give him $60 million, you know, for two years. I think everybody wants to hear that. And, you know, Brady's the ultimate competitor. And last year there was guys saying, hey, maybe, you know, his best days are behind him. He can't complete every throw anymore. Maybe he should think about retiring. You know, that's only going to make him better and make him want to work harder. But I think also, like, he wants to hear good things about himself. Like, the teams would still want him as their quarterback. If he was going to leave New England, the only place that I would go is if I was Tom Brady, I would go to Indianapolis because I think that that's a good football team with a good quarterback. I think if Andrew Luck's their quarterback last year, they may be challenged in Kansas City. I was really high on Jacoby Brissett, especially the first six weeks of the season. Now I'm kind of down on Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if he's an NFL starting quarterback. Where like imagine Brady going there though, like with the Manning and Brady rivalry. Imagine him playing for the Colts. That would suck. I'm sorry, Seamus. <laughs> no, Ryan, you are you are now my new best friend because if the boys recall correctly, I did say when I was speculating, even though I've always stuck to my gun saying that I believe he'll stay in New England, did I or did I not say, Butcher, that Indy was my top pick? Yeah, you, you mentioned it. You for did. the exact for the exact same reasons that Ryan just mentioned. Well, look at it, man. They got an offensive line. Like, the thing about Tom Brady, you, he doesn't want to get hit. Like, it's always been the blueprint on how to beat Tom Brady. If you go back and you look at that loss to that Giants team, they just, with the NASCAR pass rush, they just beat up Brady. Not that he doesn't like to get hit. He's one of the toughest players in the NFL. But it just affects him. He's getting a little bit older. The Colts have an offensive line. They spent the draft picks on it. And they have a defense. They have weapons. They have T.Y. Hilton. And uh, I think that'd be a good fit. But, uh, yeah, I just can't see him in another jersey. And I can't. I know that I think Bill, I think Belichick wants to prove that he can win without Brady. And I think Brady wants to prove that he could win without Belichick because everybody, when we talk about quarterbacks, it's like, well, Brady's the most accomplished or is he a system quarterback? He's always had a top 10 defense every year. They've won the Super Bowl. He has the best head coach, you know, the year they won undefeated. Well, you know, they went and got Randy Moss, which that team they didn't even want a Super Bowl with. So that's a stupid argument. But, yeah, so I think they kind of both of them would like to win without each other. But I think it's like a relationship, like when you're in college and, like, you're like, man, i got to get away from this chick. She's crazy, but she's also, like, really hot. And she's probably like, i got to get away from this dude. He's a weirdo. But then, like, at the end of the night, you still end up with each other because, like, you know that, like, you know, you're kind of, like, perfect for each other because you're both nuts. And I feel like that's going to be those two. Like, who wants to win more than those guys? Who's that competitive? I feel like if either of them had another – if, like, Bill had another quarterback – or Brady went and played with another team where everybody didn't want to win as much as they do in New England, like he would he would not be very happy. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, 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 no, you know, I think it's that's exactly it, though. I think Brady wants to prove that he can do it, and he's so worried about his legacy. And and yeah, it would be great if he finished and started with the same team. I think I want to see Brady in Vegas. First year in Vegas, John Gruden as a coach. I think it's good for football. I think it's fun, and it'll give him a chance to try to prove something. I I know their offensive line isn't isn't probably what he's looking for. He doesn't have a lot of weapons there. I just think that would be fun and great for football. Black Josh, I want to get your take. What do you think about Brady? Where is he going? I I kind of think I know what you're going to say, but what do you got? He ain't going anywhere. He's staying put. Staying put. Everyone's freaking out. (laughs) <laughs> I just think it'd be fun. I really do. Killer Kyle, your thoughts. Brady, where's he going? Uh, he's staying. He's Loser. He's staying. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> he's going to stay. And I love how, like, because all the reporters at the NFL Combine are so bored that they're bringing up all these rumors of like, oh, there might be a trade where Garoppolo goes back to New England. And yeah, that stuff's dumb. That's dumb. Yeah, like, oh, because one source that, said that. That's even funnier. And, and then like, oh, so, you know, like we were talking about this earlier, <laughs> Tom Brady visited a, a, a school in Tampa Bay, so he's definitely going to Tampa. Like, come on, like, at the end of the day, he's he's going back to New England. I don't see. I think he would just honestly, he would look really weird in any other jersey. <laughs> and picture Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. Oh, they're getting just new uniforms. That. That's not do his you, color. <laughs> do you think that he could pull that off? I don't. No, he barely pulls off a Patriots jersey. No, and he looked terrible in black and silver because he's not a bad boy, you know. <laughs> so he's Tom Brady. He kisses. He open mouth kisses his son. <laughs> like he's not a bad boy. <laughs> yeah. No, staying. He's staying. He probably is. I just, I just think it'd be fun if he went somewhere else. Um, Ryan, before we, uh, we got, a, we only got a couple more minutes, but I want to give. Do some rapid fire on you on the quarterbacks that are free agents this year. So we'll just do it real quick. Dak Prescott, where is he going? He'll stay in Dallas. All right, Ryan Tannehill, where is he going? That's a great question. That is a really good question because that would be another good landing spot for Tom Brady would be Tennessee. Yeah. And you have the Mike Vrabel connection. Uh, I don't know. I could see – you know what? I mean, they went to the playoffs. He didn't really have to do a whole lot. Like Everybody was so hyped up. Like, I had Bart telling me that he would take Ryan Tannehill over Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know if he was trolling me, but I was like, could you go back and watch the film? Because every pass that Ryan Tannehill completed last season Three was also play action. Yep. Make him drop back, and I want to see him beat anybody. He probably stays in Tennessee. Um, I don't know if that'll be the start. Well, I don't know how you bench him, though, either. Yeah, I guess Tennessee. All right, Jameis Winston. That's a great question. The XFL. No, Jameis <laughs> is such a weird quarterback, Andy, because he can make every single throw, but he only throws one just verticals down the field, deep routes. It's like playing like your seven-year-old brother in Madden when all he runs are Hail Marys down the field. That's Jameis. Like, he throws deep balls, and he's got a hell of a can. He's got a can of an arm, but he just throws way too many interceptions. I think when it's said, I think he is the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers. I don't think that they're going to be able to quit him. I think he stays in Tampa. Yeah, now he's got his eyes fixed, so maybe, maybe he That's gets, Yeah, he had LASIK. Exactly. Yeah, maybe he gets down to 20 interceptions instead of 30. We'll see about that. Yeah. Uh, Phillip Rivers. Great question. I could see Philip Rivers, man. Um, well, obviously not the Chargers. What about Miami? 
Maybe Miami. I could see Miami. Yeah. I could. I mean, who would you rather have, Philip Rivers or Ryan Tannehill? I mean, it's not a great you know, problem to have, but I would probably go with uh, Philip Rivers. I it's just weird because two years ago we were talking about the Chargers as like a dark horse Super Bowl contender, and then this year the interceptions were bad again. I, could, I would say either I'd go there or I would say maybe uh, Indianapolis. I okay. could see them going after a Phillip Rivers too because, I mean, they're ready to win right now. They just need the quarterback. All right. What about Teddy Bear, Teddy Bridgewater? Man. 5-0. I think, I, yeah. If I was the Bears, I mean, but the problem is, okay, so Teddy Bridgewater wants to be a starter. The Bears have already committed to Mitchell Trubisky for some stupid reason. Um, and, like, last year, for, like, the Saints to get Teddy Bridgewater as their backup quarterback, they had to pay him. They had to make him the highest-paid backup quarterback. I think he ends up – I, I could see, like, the Bears making a surprise move getting Teddy Bridgewater because there's no way – they at least need somebody to challenge Trubisky uh, to start the season. So I could see him ending up in Chicago, actually. Yeah, and he could win some games with them if, you know, if, if Trubisky gets hurt or whatever. Teddy Bridgewater has proven that he can carry a team. I think he's going to be kind of a career backup. I mean, he could get a starting job and some shit team. But, I mean, right. he's proven himself, and I always liked him, even when he was in Minnesota, I always saw some upside there with him, and, and unfortunately they moved on with him after he was hurt for two years, but yeah. I, I still think he's a solid quarterback, and he'll, he'll, he's proven that he can win games if he's in the right, in the right team at the right time. Um, so we're, we're, we're running down here, so I just wanted to, I want you to tell everybody where they can listen to you, and just give, give everyone a rundown of where your, your, your status right now as a, as a broadcaster. Oh, yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Ryan Horvat, R-Y-A-N-H-O-R-V-A-T. And then I'm uh, on 105.7 FM, the fan, 1250 on the AM. And then we have the app, the radio.com app, which we post all the shows and interviews and all that throughout the day. And uh, also we're on iTunes and uh, podcasts, all that stuff, too. So you can find me there, 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday. I try not to work weekends anymore unless there's, like, a game I really want to go to just because I'm so dead tired come Saturday. But, yeah, man, I really appreciate you guys having me on. This was a lot of fun. I didn't have to talk any stupid topics that I want to talk about, which is good, uh, which is different from what I'll probably have to walk into tomorrow. <laughs> Great. Well, yeah, we're so thankful that you came on. We hope you come on again soon. Um, we'd like you to stand hey. stay on the line a little bit before we're done. or After after I'm done recording, I'd like you to stay on the line a little bit. Um, Kyle, do you have something to say? Yeah. Um, hey, Ryan, please talk to Mr. Sir Bart Winkler and uh, put in a good word for us because I've reached out to him too and he's kind of flaky with us. He said that he would do it. He'll do it. Good, good luck if you ever want Freeman on. Like, just like even trying to connect to him on a cell phone would be just an issue. Like, good luck to you if you oh, ever want to do that to yeah. yourselves. Bart will do it though. I'll, I'll tell him about it. I'll tell him that I had a lot of fun tomorrow when I see him in about four hours from now. <laughs> I'll let him know. And I will, I am going to try to call in tomorrow morning i leave a little later than five but i uh i love your guys show you guys put on a great show like i said before like i don't listen to any other uh am radio except you guys so thanks man we appreciate that um yeah you guys are great been listening for years and uh i encourage anybody listening to our show to definitely check out 105.7 The Fan because all you guys there are just awesome at your craft. Like, I am jealous, and I want to be an intern. So if you need an intern... I do, actually, but you got to wake up at uh, 4.30 a.m. Oh, I will... I will do it. I'll make sure to go to bed at 8 instead of 9 or 10, and we'll get it done. I don't care. I go. love radio, man. 
Love it. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Ryan Horvath, again thanks, for coming man. on. Um, everybody, uh, like, share, subscribe, Five Tool Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're on all that good stuff. We love you here. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be back on Saturday with Eric Agnew from the Miller Park Minute. We'll be talking the Yellich contract and the Brewers' upcoming season and how spring training's been going. So thank you so much for listening. Five Tool Podcast, we're out. Don't widen the plate.